Hi, this is Alonzo Bowden. I want to welcome you to Who's Paying Attention, episode 34. This is my podcast. Uh, You'll notice this one came up kind of quick after the last one, and this one will be shorter, and here's why. I am in beautiful Bermuda. Yes, thanks to Just for Laughs, the world's biggest, greatest comedy festival out of Montreal. I'm down here in, in Bermuda, hosting Just for Laughs Bermuda. This is my fifth time down here. I absolutely love it. If you haven't been, it's not quite tropical, but it is beautiful. Uh, Great hotel. There's a par three. I'm at the Fairmont Southampton. I don't usually do plugs. This hotel is phenomenal. Right out front, par three, 18 hole golf course, which I destroyed yesterday. And when I say destroyed, I don't mean in a good way. The best thing about this golf course, erasers on the score pencils. That's right. If you're not familiar with Bermuda, Bermuda is a land of reinsurance. There's a lot of tax haven stuff going on here. And they put erasers on the golf pencils. So if you're good with numbers and you're creative, come down to Bermuda. Don't think about moving here because the average house costs $1.3 million And the average house ain't that big. But anyway, I'm here Next two weeks, I will be on the Smooth Jazz Cruise. The week after that, I will be on the Jazz Cruise. It's uh, If you've ever been on the internet on a cruise ship, it's a lot of money. And I will be broadcasting from there. I'll be podcasting. But they're going to be short and quick because I'm enjoying the sun. It's beautiful out here. Wherever you're at, I hope you're warm. I hope you're thawed out. Uh, all right, enough about me. Enough about my working vacation. Let's get down to business. What's going on this week? Not a lot, but always something. Let's look at the guns. Uh, We know that ever since the most recent school shooting in Sandy Hook, all the politicians are talking about what they're going to do and something has to be done and we're going to stop these guns. Now, kudos to Governor Cuomo of New York, who literally in his state of the state address in early uh, January, I think last week, said we're going to ban assault weapons and right now new york is working on this major ban of assault weapons and large capacity magazines for those who don't know that's the big banana clip you see on the bottom of the gun that holds you know 80 or 100 bullets or whatever it is they come in different sizes and he's taking it right to the legislature and new york already has pretty strict gun laws but he's just going to ban these things outright in the state of new york and you know why i say good for him Whether you agree with it or not, at least he's a politician taking action. How rare is that? How unusual is that for a politician to actually say and do something? And this is within a month of the school shooting. So good for him. Now, what's what's Barack Obama and the federal government doing? Again, they're doing it, but they're doing it slow and they're doing it half-assed. So they appoint a panel. Because, you know, whenever something happens, the government has to appoint the panel. I I thought they were a panel. I thought the government was a group of people who talk about things, come up with ideas and vote on things. But apparently not. Apparently, they're a group of people who get together to appoint panels to talk about things and come up with decisions and work on it. So 
Joe Biden, vice president, is head of a panel. They've been talking to the different groups. Now, he had a 90-minute chat with the NRA. And guess what? The NRA didn't budge. Their opinion is everyone should have a gun, as big a gun, and any kind of gun you want. And I'm so shocked that the NRA wasn't willing to compromise on this. But here's, here's the ridiculous part. This is the stupid part. Today, it's Friday. I think today's date is the uh, 10th of January, whatever today is. I'm sorry. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> He's meeting with the manufacturers of video games. All right, listen. The problem is not video games. Can I say this again? The problem is not video games. Why? Because let's look at other countries that have video games, like Canada or, or the UK. Okay, they, and comparable to our country, right? I mean, in a way of life. In, a, in other words, I'm not going to go to any extremes. I'm not going to go to a third world country. I'm not going to go to a country with a completely different culture. Canada and the UK. Let's look at murder rates per 100,000 people. Canada, 1.6. The UK, 1.2. The United States, 4.8. What's the difference? Gun laws. That, that's a difference. I know our cultures are slightly different, blah, blah, blah. Let's face it. We have a lot of guns. We, you can go to Walmart and get a gun. You can go to, to the sporting goods store and get a gun. In states in the South, they have these gun shows that are doing booming business. If anything, these people should not be donating money to the NRA. They should be donating money to Barack Obama and the Democrats because fear of Obama taking away their guns, and they're literally afraid that Barack Obama is going to just drive down the block and go door to door into their basement. I'm sure they have basements and, and literally take their guns away. This is what they think. The federal government's out to get their guns. That has sold more guns than a thousand NRA speeches or any Second Amendment freedom. No, fear of the black president is what's moving guns and it's moving them fast. They're talking about record sales at all these gun shows and, and stuff. It Video games, I'm sorry, other countries have video games. Other countries play video games really well, okay? no Nobody's, you know, banning Corvettes because you drive fast in, in grand sport auto so stop trying to ban guns because you shoot people in grand theft auto i i mean look even even i'm crazy stop trying to ban the video games because you shoot people in grand theft auto or maybe we should do that maybe we should ban corvettes and assault rifles stop it i'm sorry it's ridiculous it's not the video games people it's the guns i'm not saying all guns should be illegal but large capacity military assault weapons should be illegal in the hands of civilians. That's what I think. That's what most common sense people think. I don't understand why the government's so afraid of the NRA. It's only 4 million people. I know it's a lot of talk and a lot of money paying off a lot of politicians, but at the end of the day, it's only 4 million people. You'd probably do better to get on the side of, of tens, if not hundreds of million people who go for a common sense ban on assault weapons versus four million extremists who want to keep them. And not everyone in the NRA is an extremist that feels they have to have an 80 round clip because the government's coming to get them. Even within the NRA, there's a lot of people who are just shooters. They like to shoot targets and they like to collect guns. And I've said it before, I'll say it again. Leave them alone. Let them have their fun. 
We got to stop the crazies. And while we're stopping the crazies, Sheriff Joe. Oh, you remember Sheriff Joe from Phoenix, Arizona. Is He's at it again. The man is 80 years old. Retire. Go away, Joe. This is Joe's plan to protect the schools. Armed posses. That's right. Check your calendar. The rest of us are living in 2013. Joe, still back in 1813, he wants to get an armed posse around every school. He says he has 3,000 volunteers and 500 of them are armed. He has the biggest posse in, in history. And, and isn't it funny how gun nuts and gangsters, and when I say gangsters, I mean like gangster rap type gangsters, have the same terms and the same. Both of them would love to have assault weapons. Both of them have posses. Wouldn't it be great to go to these these crazy white extremists and say, hey, you think just like the gangsters in the hood. So Sheriff Joe wants armed posses to protect the schools. Now, let's see. We're going to go to a state, Arizona, which has these these incredibly racist anti-Latino immigration laws and public schools that are probably more than half full and definitely half full with Latino students. And now we're going to have armed people walking around the school looking for trouble. No, this this won't end badly. This is a good idea. This will be great. Oh, Sheriff Joe, could you please go back to looking for Barack Obama's birth certificate and leave the rest of us alone? Armed posses in 2013. Where's Django when we need him? Django would take care of Sheriff Joe. All right, moving on. Now, here's one that really just, ugh, this gets me. The Baseball Writers of America, they should be in the Hypocrites Hall of Fame. They should be in the Hypocrites Hall of Fame. And here's why. They didn't vote one player into the Hall of Fame this season. They're claiming that all the nominees, people like Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, and uh, there's a, a list of them, that Sammy Sosa, and Kurt Schilling and that they were all on steroids and they cheated and they 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 harmed the integrity of the game and bullshit. All right. I call bullshit on all of these writers. You know why? If you're old enough, if you remember baseball in the late 90s and early 2000s, in the mid 90s, baseball had a strike and it canceled the season and the World Series got screwed up and base nobody was watching. Nobody cared. And along came Sosa and McGuire. And Sosa and McGuire started fighting to get to 70 home runs. And it was the most exciting thing in America. And they were covering it every day. And they knew Mark McGuire was taking Andro because they saw it in his locker room, but nobody mentioned it. Meanwhile, Barry Bonds went from a 190-pound wiry kid who was an incredible baseball player to 250 pounds of solid muscle, just slamming home runs, slamming, and nobody said a thing. And players like Luis Gonzalez, who had hit maybe 30 home runs, was now hitting 50 home runs a season. And Eric Gagne, relief pitcher for the Dodgers, suddenly saving every game with his 100-mile-an-hour fastball. And nobody said a thing. Nobody noticed, okay? The, the, the Red Sox won two World Series, and Manny and, and Manny and Poppy were just hitting home runs. 
blasting the ball everywhere. No one said a thing. Nobody noticed. Now, suddenly, they're all sinners. They were all on roids. Not one of these baseball writers stepped up back then. When Barry Bonds hit 70 home runs in a season, not one of them said, hey, wait a minute, this is wrong. This is bullshit. How did Barry gain 50 pounds of muscle that fast? When Sosa and McGuire were hitting, none of them had anything to say. And now, now they want to deny these players the Hall of Fame. I'm sorry. These players get into the Hall. You know why? Because they were the greatest players at that time. And they need to put something in the Hall like, hey, we screwed up. These guys were taking drugs that were legal at the time. Now they've been banned or something. But you don't, these sports writers taking this holier-than-thou attitude, I say every one of them, Peter Gannon from ESPN, all of them, just all of them, full of shit. I could, oh, it pisses me off. Such hypocrites. These guys are hypocritical enough to be politicians, every one of them, because none of them, None of them were reporting on the roids while it was being done. None of them questioned Barry Bonds when he had 40 home runs in the 70 home run season. None of them questioned McGuire when he had 30 home runs by all-star break in the 68 home run season. It, I was there. I remember when he was racing with Sosa, it was phenomenal. Did I care if they were on steroids? No, because it was great. But I'm not going to judge them now and say they were horrible. Ugh, pisses me off. Is there a hypocrite's Hall of Fame? Let's enshrine the baseball writers. I call bullshit. And, and I've been called out on this online. One guy said, well, Major League Baseball knew about it. The commissioner knew about it. So Major League Baseball are hypocrites. No, Major League Baseball, their job is to make money and draw fans. They don't really care if their players were taking drugs, blowing up and hitting a lot of home runs because the ballparks were full again. The commissioner, same thing. He's in it for the money. He wants to grow baseball. If people want to see home runs, he's going to watch them hit home runs and he's not going to stop them. The writers, they're supposed to be the independent voice. I've said it before. I say it again. The fourth estate, the press, the media, they're supposed to keep an eye on everything. That's why I call it who's paying attention because no one's paying attention. Well, you're going to leave it up to me. I'm fine with athletes taking drugs. If you want to take the risk and play better, go for it. It entertains me. Not that I don't care about them. I know they're people. I don't want to see them die. Okay. I don't want to see them destroy their bodies, but if that's what was going on, look, every ball player say in the 70s, they were taking speed. They had like amphetamines, like candy dishes in the locker room. In the 80s, are you kidding? One of my favorite teams of all time, the 86 Mets, how many drugs, how much alcohol was going on there? Dwight Gooden, Daryl Strawberry, they were on cocaine and Keith Hernandez and Gary Carter were drinking. There were fights in the locker room. It was a, it was a hell over there. But, but they could win some ball games <laughs> and I loved them for it. So again, I just call bullshit on the, on the baseball writers. If anyone has corrupted the hall of fame, it's not the players who took steroids. It's the hypocritical writers. That's who's destroying any integrity the hall of fame had. Now on the topic of players hurting themselves on the topic of not caring about a player, what the hell with Mike Shanahan and RG three, for, you, for those who don't know, Robert Griffin III, also known as RG3, is one of the most exciting quarterbacks to come into football, up for rookie of the year, just amazing. Runs, passes, exciting. He, he was a guy that the ESPN said wasn't black enough, but we, we're not even going to go into that. So 
he destroyed it. He, he ripped up his knee in college and he had surgery on the knee. And then he went into pros. And back in November, he hurt the knee again. And everyone said they should sit him down and let the knee heal. And he only took a week off. Now, last weekend in a playoff game, and you could see this guy was basically dragging one dead leg around behind him. Shanahan leaves him in the game because the player says, hey, I'm hurt, but I'm not injured. Listen, this is what, a 23-year-old athlete? Of course he thinks he's indestructible. Of course he wants to play. Athletes want to play. The guy was seriously hurt. So now it, it's an anterior cruciate ligament, uh, metacruciate ligament, and, and the knee is basically torn up. It, he's had to have surgery on it. They say he may be back for 2013. He may not be back at all. It, what a shame if we lose someone so exciting. And how short-sighted and dumb is your coach to risk the franchise quarterback who could be amazing and set records running and passing and winning games to, to risk that for one game and and good luck rg3 hey if you're a young ball player don't go to washington dc okay the amazing pitcher Strasburg, they use him up tear up his arm he has to have tommy john surgery now rg3 his knee is all torn up he has to have surgery the young players, I know you're coming to me for advice on your career. I know I'm the expert on all things in sports. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not. You want an expert on sports? Go to Jay Moore's podcast. Jay is brilliant on this stuff. But don't go to D.C. because your knee will, or your elbow or some other part of your body you need will be destroyed. Got to give, got to give it up to Alabama and the Crimson Tide. Didn't just win the national championship dominated Notre Dame in every category possible, beat Notre Dame so badly that the only controversy after the game was Brent Musburger commenting on how hot Miss Alabama is because she, Miss Alabama is the girlfriend to the quarterback of Alabama, which isn't that like a perfect story? Isn't that who the quarterback of Alabama's girlfriend's supposed to be? And Brent Musburger did the horrible thing of commenting on how beautiful she is and how hot she is. And he made a joke with Kirk Herbstreet about how quarterbacks get all the beautiful women. All of these things he just made up. None of these things could absolutely be true, right? You can't comment on the looks of Miss Alabama <laughs> quarterbacks don't get the hottest girl around yet. Well, anyway, that's a controversy. Was it a little creepy? Listen, Brent Musburger is 73 years old. And just like so many of these announcers, Vern Lundquist, who the, uh, Bill Rafferty, these guys were great. I've listened to them for a long time. But there comes a point you have to retire. So Brent shouldn't be doing the game to begin with. Is it a little creepy for a 73-year-old to talk about how hot a 23-year-old is? Not unless he said he wanted to hook up with her. If Brent said, boy, I'd take her to Vegas, then maybe he crossed the line. But but that's how bad the game was, that that was the controversy, talking about how hot Miss Alabama is. Uh, and yeah, I'm doing a lot of sports because I, I love sports right now. You, If you know anything about me, you know I'm a Clipper fan. The Clippers are still rolling, still winning, still dunking. I'm loving it. The funny part is the Lakers stories, just what is wrong with the Lakers, blah, blah, blah. Listen, this is what's going on in the NBA. I don't know what happened this season, but they're actually playing. If you're a basketball fan, you know that NBA players tend to take the first half of the season off and start working around the All-Star break in February. This year, they are playing. There's, there's like fights between Camelo Anthony and... And Kevin Garnett, you know, in New York and Boston, the, the Miami Heat are winning and losing, but they're playing hard every night. 
Oklahoma City's playing great. Houston, they're really playing. They're playing hard. I'm loving it. This game is great. Listen, there's a new rivalry between the Brooklyn Nets and the New York Knicks, which is great because New Yorkers didn't have enough reasons to be angry with one another on the subway. Let's add a baseball, I mean baseball, sorry. Let's add a basketball rivalry, but it's all great for the sports. So, so big ups to the, the NBA and keep playing hard and go Clippers. I love them. I'm a Knicks fan. I grew up in New York, but I absolutely love the Clippers. Hockey is back. Hockey is back. I got to give a shout out to my man, Ryan Reeves. I joke about black hockey players. Ryan is a black hockey player. He plays for the St. Louis Blues. I saw him last June. He said the lockout was going to last a couple of weeks. He's been out of work for months. So I'm so glad hockey's back. I'm going to I'm going to become a hockey fan. I am going to go to a hockey game before this season is out. I'm going to try to go to more than one. I'm going to try to learn the game. But I'm happy the players are back. I wish them luck. They really have to stop canceling hockey seasons. The last time they did it, they lost the ESPN contract because ESPN noticed more people watched poker than were watching hockey. So please, hockey, to the players, to the owners, to the commissioner, stop taking seasons off. It does nothing for the ratings. Play some hockey. Hey, you know, the LA Kings are are the champs. The LA Kings have the Stanley the LA Kings have the Stanley Cup, and uh, I don't know if anyone in LA really realized it other than Canadians who have moved to LA. Now, I'm glad hockey's back. It's a major sport. Good for them. Good luck. Finally, and I say finally, unless I think of something else, <laughs> this is my last story. And you know, I love funny news. This, the worst murder plot in history. I, I, I think this might be the dumbest murder ever. Uh, and yeah, I'm guilty of saying she's guilty before the trial. But OK, listen to this story. I don't know if you've heard this in Chicago. <laughs> this poor guy, Aruj Khan, won lottery last July. He won one point two million dollars and he went home and he, and he had a heart attack. The poor guy died. He won one point two million, had a heart attack and died. But wait a minute. It wasn't a heart attack because members of his family called the medical examiner and said, could you take a closer look? And they discovered the poor guy's been poisoned with cyanide. That's what killed him. Now, (laughs) right after he died, I'm sorry for laughing, but it's just so dumb. Uh, And and Sari, his wife, tried to cash the lottery check. The next day after the poor guy died, she tried to cash the lottery. No suspicion there. Hmm, My husband wins the lottery. Poor guy, poisoned, cyanided to death, and now I'm going to try to cash a check. Now, of course, there's all kind of family intrigue in it because he has a daughter, and his daughter, his daughter from his first marriage, would normally be entitled to half of the money. You know, I mean, if you're married and you have a daughter, your daughter gets half, your wife gets half. Then there's questions of is this woman actually his wife? And it seems she is. But would this even make a Law and Order episode? You wouldn't even have the order part. It would be like a 35 minute Law and Order. 30 minutes of it would be the arrest of this woman. But the trial would only last five minutes. Uh, Yeah, she was found with the lottery check trying to cash it. Hmm. After he was cyanided, one meal, one meal after winning lottery, you have one meal at home and it's laced with cyanide. I wonder who did it. God bless the family. What a mess. 
listen, that, that <laughs> 35 minutes of Law & Order, shortest episode ever. We wouldn't even be able to see who the hot assistant DA is. Has anyone else noticed that Law & Order, the assistant DA, is always some hot young woman? I love that. It's a great show. If you haven't seen any episodes, just turn on USA. It's always on. I don't even know what the schedule is. You just turn on USA and there's an episode of Law & Order on. It's on TV all the time, somewhere. That is an actual law right now. This is Alonzo Bowden, live from Bermuda. I'm asking you to keep paying attention. Follow me on Twitter. Go to the website, alonzolive.com. Go to Facebook. Comment on the podcast. Keep it moving. You know this social media thing. Apparently, it has caught on and it's sticking around. So I got to increase my, my footprint out there. And I need you guys to do it. I love you. I appreciate you. The fans, shout out to Adam Carolla for having me on his podcast this past week. I always love doing that show. And again, if you love sports, check out Jay Moore. I'm giving him a shout out. Check out his podcast. Man, that guy is like a living sports encyclopedia. It's going to be a great winter. It's going to be a great spring. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.